appreciate the worship team so much. Appreciate you guys being here today too as we think about the Word of God speaking that led us right into our sermon. We're looking at a new sermon series for the whole year. We're going to have like 44 sermons, 50 sermons in this series. We're going to walk through the whole Bible and we're going to look at the whole story of reality and just kind of where everything fits and what all the Scripture is pointing to and we know that all Scripture points to redemption, the story of redemption and the story of Jesus. So we're, I'm excited about how God is going to use this and use this with families and young families and, and use this with couples and use this individually to draw us closer to Him in 2021. On the back of your bulletin, it has a little word from me, and I, I just want the Word of God speak right here. God create, By the Word of God, God created. Think about this for a moment. He created everything. He raised Jesus from the dead. He's going to destroy the works of the enemy. He's going to free people from addiction and, and uh, play, uh, piece people back together, the, the brokenness, maybe even in, in their marriage, and give them sight, make you walk. The Word is light, life, salvation. By the Word, He redeems, He reconciles, He restores, He renews, and He reveals he reveals the whole story of reality. I don't know where you look to find reality these days. But I don't even think Fox News has the true reality. But I know this. It's here. And so we want to dive deep into this. And by diving deep, I don't mean we get some great theological truths, although they're there. I mean that we do what the Word of God tells us to do. We let it speak to us, and then as it speaks, because it has authority, we respond. We obey. We live out the Word of God. Are you ready? Psalm 119 has 176 verses in it. We're not going to stand and read 176 verses today. There's going to be 20 verses that we're going to look at from Psalm 119. So you just hold that there. The primary text that we're going to look at today is in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 and 17. And it talks about the Scripture itself. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Now, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the in the Bible, and it, it's longer than most of the books of the Bible. And as we look at that, it's, a, it's really a love letter. Could you imagine um, not reading a love letter from the, the one you love? Now, I know most of us are in this room, and we, we've lived long enough to either receive or write a love letter. Although there are some in this place that I wonder if they even know what a letter is like if they've ever received a letter in the mail or not. Thirty years ago, uh, Jennifer and I were engaged. I was teaching school here in Denver City thirty years ago. This this month, I just got hired to teach five classes of geometry and one class of English. And and it, during that period of time, we were away from one another during the week longer than we had been away from one another at all. I'd I'd spend a lot of time at her house, her folks' house in Plainview, and, and so I wish, now this is not true, but I wish that I would have written love letters so she would know 
how I felt about her. Can you imagine that scene, though, for a second? Some of you, and I don't think we have any uh, World War II folks, or, or maybe there were some folks who served in Vietnam, and you got those kind of letters, those meaningful letters. But could you imagine getting those kind of love letters, and I'd send those to Jennifer, and then I'd come at the end of, of that time when we got married in June, and, and she hadn't opened a single one of them. And she would say something like, Kyle, I knew you loved me. I didn't have to read it in a letter. Well, that would be admirable, but I would wonder, do you really love me if you didn't want to read my letters? And that's how it is with God's Word. We love the Lord, but do we love His love letter to us? You see, this is His story. This is not just history, but it's His story, and He wants us to know more of who He is. So we're going to commit ourselves, I hope, this year to diving into it again. And if you've read it all the way through, I applaud you, but it's not one of those books that you read once and, or twice and set aside and never uh, do anything with it. I got a couple of books uh, this Christmas. One is from... Uh, John Grisham. I love John Grisham. He makes me turn the page. I don't know if you ever read any of John Grisham's novels or not, mostly legal thrillers, uh, but I've read about 25, 26 of them. Jennifer gives me one in my stocking every year, and I, I read it by about December 26th or 27th. It's, it's done because I can just keep going, and, that, and that's one of the few books I can do that. I, I, um, I'm not really alone in that. He sold 300 million books. He's had 28 consecutive bestsellers. But you know, his, book his books altogether haven't outsold this one book. Five, six billion. A very modest estimation. This is the best-selling book of all time because it applies to every one of us. You may or may not like Grisham. But it applies to all of us. I've, re I've been reading this book my daughter gave me uh, just recently. It's called The Arsenal of Democracy. It's about World War II and about how Henry Ford's factory for cars was transmitted or was transformed into factory for airplanes and, and how... And it, there's some interesting historical facts in there. I didn't realize before Pearl Harbor, our armed forces was 200,000 soldiers. 200,000. We were the 16th largest army in the world at that time. Can you imagine that? I mean, we're, we've all lived way past that. Pearl Harbor got us involved. The Germans had 7 million soldiers and we had 200,000. Can, can you think about that for just a moment in these terms? God had a plan then for America. How in the world do we get ready so quickly to defeat the evil? of the German Nazis. I would say God had a hand in all that. And great American ingenuity as well. And, and so let's think of it in, in these terms. This is going to transform us faster individually and corporately and nationally than took place in that day. In the arsenal of democracy, this is the arsenal of Christianity. And so let's get into it. Let's know more about it. Because it can be real intimidating. You know it? You ever get 
a Bible reading plan. And by the way, we have some resources to help you here. All right? There are two Bible reading plans. One is, one is orange, one's bright green. And so here's how I want you to think of these, okay? They're different, by the way. One, the, the green one's kind of the JV, all right? If you've never read through the Bible at all, this gives you an overview of that. It's not, you're not reading every uh, verse of the Bible, but you are reading the whole story of redemption. So I'd encourage you. If it intimidates you to the point, just grab that, that green one. There is no shame in being on the JV for a while, but we want you to move to the varsity all right? That's the, this is every verse. This is McChain's Bible reading, and this is the one I'm going to be doing this next year. I want you to do it along with me. It reads four different sections. You can do that in 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day. You can read through the whole Bible in a year. 10 minutes. So if you, if you put into action the average amount of time that uh, the average American watches TV, you'd be done in about three weeks. <laughs> just think about that for just a moment. So those are two good resources there right there. They're also on the table out back. But here, here's another family resource, but it's not just a family resource. It, it's not just for small kids. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. We've got a lot of these, and we want you to have one. If you've never, especially if you've never read through the Bible, it gives the whole story from a kid's point of view. But we have a, there's an adult version of this as well because they... They realized that adults were, um, they were stealing their kids' Jesus study, storybook Bible. It's great. And I encourage you to grab a copy of that, especially if you've got young children. You can read a, a story to them a week, and you'll be right along with us in our sermon series. Or even if you don't have young children, I encourage you, the Jesus storybook Bible. If you think, well, the Bible, I started reading it, and I got to the genealogies, and, it, and that Abimashazam beget. Mel Shizzle and my desire to read through the Bible began to fizzle, then you, you, then you have been where most people who try to read through the Scripture have been. It's intimidating. We want to make it as less intimidating or least intimidating as we can. Same time, it's, it's something that's going to not just give you more information. It's not that kind of book. It's going to transform your your heart, in your life. I can virtually guarantee you, you read through the Bible this year and, and you put into practice things that the Spirit of God speaks to you, when we come to 2022, you'll be a different man. You'll be a different woman than you were. We need that hope that things are going to get better. And the hope is not the circumstances around us. The hope is from the Lord, the Spirit of God within us. And so let's look at this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to ask you to read it from, uh, this is the New Living Translation. If you don't have that translation, there's a black Bible in front of you. And by the way, if, if you've never read through the Bible and you want a, a modern, um, easy-to-read version, I'd encourage you to take that black Bible. You're not stealing from the church. I'm offering that to you. That's why we have purchased those, so that people who don't have the New Living Translation can read a simple translation. If you're comfortable with the one you have, we'd encourage you to read that one or, or read a new one this year. But you take that if you need that and want that. And so as we, as we look at this 
passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It's on, on your bulletin or it's in that black Bible. But I want us to stand and read that together. Paul, Paul writes to his young ministry protege, Timothy, and he has talked to him about uh, the Scripture and he's talked about, to him about what he needs to be about in the work of the ministry. And then he gets to verse 16 of chapter 3 as he writes this letter to his young protege and to us. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Oh, Father, teach us. Teach us from Your Word today about Your Word. And then, Lord, empower us and inspire us and remind us to stay to stay in Your Word this year, Lord. And let it transform us from the inside out. Father, we pray You would speak through Your Son, by Your Spirit, through Your Word. Even now, Lord. Even in these moments, for Father, if, if You don't speak, I don't have anything to say. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You be seated and we're going to kind of unpack this first before we get to the outline. But I just want to, you to look at this journey that we're going on in 2021 like a, an adventure because it is. We don't know what's going to happen uh, this next year. And <clears throat> my youngest son, Jackson, many of you know him. He, he's kind of gotten into the national park scene. Last spring break, he went with some of his friends from Hardin-Simmons to uh, three of the national parks, went to Yosemite and Joshua Tree and, and White Sands over in New Mexico all on the way. And, and so he's into that, and he and his older brother were talking about a fishing, hiking, camping trip. I was in with the fishing and even with the hiking, but the camping. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm staying in a bed. I, I'm tired of sleeping on the ground like they've wanted me to do. Anyway, when, it, when I thought about this, this text, I thought about the, these trails that you go hiking on. And, and that's what the Scripture is talking about here. The, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. It's from God. And it is useful or profitable for tr teaching us the truth, that path that we ought to be on to begin with. Let's just think about that as a hiking trail for just a moment or think about it driving down a freeway. It, it keeps us on the right course, the right path. The Scripture does. Then, would you imagine for just a moment if we didn't have the Scripture and we didn't know what God wanted us to do, then we would be stuck with what the little mermaid says. Just trust your heart. You know, we can't trust Disney any, anymore to help us, uh, to guide us through life. As we think about that, you know, think about it this way. A thousand years ago was the, was the age of the Vikings. 
in, in the age of the Vikings, if someone insulted you, you'd slit their throat. You would defend your manhood and do that. Well, in our culture today, if someone with, deep within their heart has a, a desire to sleep with another man, our culture says, well, that's your true self, and you go ahead and do that. Now, in, in that culture of the Vikings, they would have rejected that. But in our culture, we would reject the, the fact of slitting someone's throat, but we might accept something that's just as bad and going to ruin your life just as much. You see what, what we're left with if we just trust our heart? What we have, though, is the Scripture. The Word of God that speaks to us and guides us and leads us and keeps us on that path teaches us. And not only teaches us, but it reproves us or rebukes us or shows us, as the New Living says, what is wrong in our lives. So when we get off that path, when we're lost in the woods and we don't know the direction to go, it lets us know, hey, you know something's wrong in your life. As you're reading through the Word and you are convicted of the wrong things, the rebuke, the reproof, you know. The good news is, though, He doesn't just rebuke us or reprove us by His Word. He corrects us. And that word correction means He straightens us back up. He rectifies the situation. He reforms us. He gets us back on the path, the course that will lead to life. And then He keeps us on it by training us. And that's the word that used for parenting. Training children in the way that they should go. He, it trains us in the path of righteousness. What is that? We don't talk that way. We don't think of ourselves that way. As righteous sort of people, I've been telling Jennifer in these days, you're a righteous babe, you know. She probably didn't want me to tell you that. But I do that often, I'm sorry. Sometimes I just go down the wrong path. I, but that, that, that had nothing to do with what, I, with what I'm about to say. The path of righteousness means that, that we're living the way God wants us to live. The right way. The best way. And the Scripture shows us how to do that and keeps us on that path. So how in the world you think, preacher, you, preachers since the beginning of time have been telling us to read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. I don't understand the Bible. Well, you can. If you'll understand what the, the focus and the purpose of the whole story of reality is. It, it, it begins to fit together. You can. If you want to walk the way God created you to walk and live the way God created you to live. And that, I believe, is the best way. So let's, let's think about this a little closer. First of all, what we see here is the Bible. If you want to follow along on the outline, here's where we get to the outline. We, the sermon is now starting. Um, that was all introduction. You know. I'm just kidding. It's part of all of it. The Bible reveals God from God's view. See, we've got all these thoughts about God. 
who he is and what he does. Some of us think he's like a grandfather who just lovingly takes us in his arm. There's an aspect of that, an aspect of, of fatherly compassion. There's no doubt. Some people think he's like a, like a judge or he's like a cosmic killjoy. He doesn't want us to have any fun. I, they don't know the God of the Scripture. He is just, He is holy, but He is loving. And so when we think about how we know who God is, how do we know who God is, really? It's not our thoughts. It's what we find here. He's shown us who He wants us to know Him to be. And it, it's not something new. Here's where, if you want to follow along in Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. It's been around forever. It's not something new. What He wants us to know about Him has been eternal, and it's coming from Him. That's what it means when Paul writes to Timothy and says, It's God-breathed. It's inspired by God. It's greater inspiration than John Grisham. It's greater inspiration than, than Beethoven or Shakespeare or any of that. It is God Himself saying, Here is what I want you to know about me. Oh, that's all inspiring as I think about that. Now, there have been lots of great people in our, our day who've spoken about God's Word itself. The President of the United States just just think about this for just a moment. I want to quote some of these guys. Andrew Jackson says, The Bible is the rock on which our republic rests. George Washington said, It is impossible to rightly govern without God and the Bible. Calvin Coolidge says, In this book you'll, you will be found the solutions to all the problems in the world. Ronald Reagan, my favorite president. I've told you that before. No, no book has molded the life of a nation as the Bible has shaped America. It has been America's hope, its foundation, its molder of character. It is our only hope of security for the years ahead. John Quincy Adams said, Search the Scripture. The Bible is the book above all others to be read at all ages and in all conditions of human life. Not to be read once or twice and and then laid aside, but to be read in small portions every day. And Thomas Jefferson, who had his, his own Bible, he cut out all the miracles in his Bible. Even he said, the Bible will make us better citizens, better husbands, better fathers. It doesn't say anything about wives and mothers. I guess they were good enough. I'm not sure, but it says those things. Now, those are, are great presidents of, of our country who say these things about the Bible, but they're not nearly as important as what God Himself says about it and how He reveals Himself through it. Verse 91 of Psalm 119 says, Your regulations remain true to this day. And that wasn't just the psalmist's day either. It's to this day. You'll see in Psalm 119 all these precepts, all these laws, all these commandments, all these regulations. It's all really synonyms for God's Word. He's given us what He wants us to know and reveal about Himself. For everything serves your plans. 
Parents, you've got to tell your kids early, as early as they can understand. The world does not revolve around you. Right? You'll ruin the rest of society if you don't tell your children that at some point. But here's what we need to, the world to know. The world does revolve around God. It's His world. And so when we think about what we're, uh, our part in it, our involvement in it, and sometimes we read the Bible this way, well, what's in it for me? How do, what do I get out of it? We've got to remember, this is God revealing Himself to us. And He is the, the main actor. He plays the leading role in all of history. You know when you're, you're watching a movie, and, or you tell somebody else about that movie, you don't tell them what the supporting cast did. If it's a Denzel Washington movie, who's one of my favorite actors, you're going to tell them what Denzel did, what Denzel was all about in that picture. You don't think about the supporting actors and actresses. Folks, our role in the whole story of reality is a supporting role. We're not the main characters. We're not the main actors. Life. And some of us as adults need to hear this too. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about how we find ourselves in the story of reality. The story of redemption. So that's the first thing that we look at. Jesus himself said this, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth and the Sermon on the Mount, which we looked at a few months ago, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. God's word, God's law, the purpose is to show us our world's broken. But there is a redeemer. There is a fixer. And he's come. And He's begun the fixing process on the cross. And He has begun to put things back in order. And He's begun to transform a group of people He calls the church. You and me. Not because we walk through those doors, but because we follow Jesus. Because we live for Him outside this place, not just here. And so as we think about how He's transforming us and what He's doing and how He's moving, we remember that He's got purposes and plans. And, and as we look at all of what is involved with that, we know the second thing I want you to see is that the Bible records God's promises. He's already acted. He's continuing to act. And He's going to act in human history. And I'm summing up the, all of that with His his promises. And folks, that's what gives us hope in the midst of the circumstances around us. Biblical hope is not wishful thinking. Oh, I hope it gets better in 2021 years. You've heard that a lot, I bet. Oh, I hope 2021 is not like 2020. Well, that's just wishful thinking, folks. Biblical hope it is a confident assurance that God will keep His promises. The greatest of which 
is to be with us. When you look at promise singular in the Scripture, it's almost always pointing to that baby in the manger that's come to be with us. God with us. Emmanuel. Jesus as He taught us how to live and love and then lay down His life for us and then whip death through the resurrection. That's the story of reality that we're part of. But there's a lot of other promises. And I want to share some of those with you from Psalm 119. He's working, He's worked, He will work. By the way, Dad, you, your, your kids ever come to you and, and you've made them a a promise that you're going to do something, you're going to take a trip, you're going to go somewhere, you're going to, you're going to give them something or another. And, and if they haven't yet, your kids aren't old enough to do this yet, they come to you and they say, Daddy, Daddy, you promised. Oh, it used to drive me mad when my kids would do that because they were holding me accountable for what I'd said. You know, it doesn't hold God. It doesn't, doesn't make Him upset at all because He wants us to know his promises, because He wants to keep them in our lives. And so Psalm 119 is full of those promises. It, it begins, uh, in, or the ones we're going to look at, in, in 119, 41 and 42, the Lord, Lord, the psalmist writes, give me your unfailing love. New Testament will call that grace. The salvation that you promised me, then I, I can answer those who taught me, for I trust in your word, the word of God's promise here is, is salvation. And Paul was writing to Timothy about the scripture and how it was inspired by God. But the verse before of what he writes in verse 16, he says, And, and you from, the, from childhood have been acquainted with the sacred writings or the scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So first and foremost, and we know this as church people, the promises. That's going to save us from this mess. He's going to give us an opportunity to live like we were intended to live in the first place with Him in heaven. He's going to do something, maybe even in our day, to redeem all that He has allowed. Because that's who He is. That's what He does. He saves. Another promise is this in 1999 and... Uh, a hundred, if you need direction, you need wisdom. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I am even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. Now, there's a couple of things here. The, the wisdom that the liberals think they have is a, is a future sort of progressive sort of, of wisdom. They always want to be in the know or on the right side of history. For I'm always thinking of your laws, though, the psalmist says. Not the inside of my teachers. And, and the conservatives, their, their wisdom is from the past, what we've learned from history, what we've learned, how we want to conserve that. I'm even wiser than my elders, the psalmist says. But not because they're conservative. Because they've kept the commandments of the Lord. You see, God's not liberal or conservative either one. His wisdom from His Word, exceeds all of that. No matter where you fall politically, His wisdom from His Word is where we've all got to be. That's the truth of reality. 
Another promise, if you want to delight in your heart, here simply, I'm going to run through these fast. Psalm 119, 111 on the screen, your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. Here's, here's another one about hope. Lord, sustain me as you promised that I may live. Do not let my hope, the confident assurance that you'll keep your promises, be crushed. And then if you need guidance this new year like all of us do, Psalm 119, 133, if you just camp out in Psalm 119 for a while, you'll get a lot of that. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. We live this broken and dark world, and so we trust that God's going to guide us through 20 or 21. So as we think about... Uh, a few more of these. This, here's the last one. I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. You know, there are a lot of things that keep us awake at night. Sometimes our health. Sometimes anxiety and worry. But when was the last time you stayed awake at night because of excitement? Like a... A child on Christmas Eve couldn't wait for the next day. That's what the psalmist is saying here. I'm so excited about what God is going to do through His Word that I stay up at night and I'm thinking about His promises, what He's, he's going to do in the future. The hope that that provides for me. I, I'm looking at 2021 like this. And I hope you are too. Recently I asked young lady, we were talking about 2020 and how difficult it was for her, and, and she said, 2020 has been the best year of my life because it drew me closer to Christ. That's the perspective I want. 2021 is going to be even better than 2020 because whatever comes, I'm going to let it cause me to draw closer to Christ. How will I know more of His will? How will I know more of His way? Because I'll know more of His Word, of who He is here. And so it leads us finally to life. To life. Joyful are those. You want a joyful new year? Listen to this promise. Who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. Psalm 119, 2 and 3. They, they do not compromise with evil and they walk only in His path. Those paths of righteousness we talked about. How can a young man stay pure? Psalm 119, 9 through 11, by obeying your word. You see, his word is really an, an extension of him, who he is. Could you imagine that I say to Jennifer, I, I, you know, I love you, I, I want to be with you, but I don't want to listen to a thing you say. I don't even want to hear it. That's crazy, isn't it? And so when we, we think about what we're doing here, we listen to His Word, we obey His Word, because obeying His Word is obeying Him. And ignoring His Word is ignoring Him. And loving His Word and, and doing His Word is living in right relationship with Him. It's an extension of who He is. I have tried hard to find You, Lord. Don't let me wander from Your commands. I've hidden Your Word in my heart. That's an old 
VBS verse, isn't it? That I might not sin against you. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. Beautiful psalm. What a beautiful word. Leads us closer all the time to the story of redemption. I want to close with just that simple song we learned as children. Jesus loves me this I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. Little ones and not so little ones, to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves us. We got to know. We've blown it. We've fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our blowing it. Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. We've got to know. He demonstrated His love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead. We'll be saved. Because whoever, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, be saved. I've just shared with you the plan of salvation from the Roman road, whether you realize it or not. If you've never responded to that, this would be a great day. The first Sunday of 2021 to respond and say, I'm in. And if you have, this would be a great moment to commit to His Word anew and afresh. Commit to growing and being who God wants you to be in 2021 because as people of the light, we are called to share His light. And don't you think our dark world needs it? Let's pray together. Oh Jesus, we thank You for paying it all. Now we owe you everything. But we know as we give ourselves to you, it's not just a matter of making New Year's resolutions to be a better person, to be healthier, to, to be more successful, or to get our debt under control. It's more than that, Lord. Yielding and surrendering ourselves to You. Saying, Lord, what part, what role do You want me to play in Your plan? How do You want me to expand Your kingdom? How, Lord, do You want me to bring You glory? In the power of your strong name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand as we sing, Jesus paid it all. I know lots of us in this place are Christians already, but maybe you're not. Maybe you've never crossed that line of faith. And if you haven't, and you're not sure about your connection to the Father, we want to give you an opportunity right now to make sure about that, to confess Him before others, so that Jesus will confess you before the Father. If you've already done that, I want you to consider and think, can I do this?
can I walk through the Word this year and grow? Because you really can't in and of yourself. You need the power of God. and Rely on Him. The One that saved your soul will sustain you even now to do what He's called you to do. You lean on Him. You lean on Him in 2021. Even to know more about Him, you lean on Him. You trust Him. So you may want to publicly say, I'm going to do this. And you come and get one of these things. That's why we placed them here. And I'd encourage you to do that during our time of invitation. There may be something else you need to do. Join this church. Whatever it is, God will lay it on your heart. And you come, you tell me. I invite you right now. Let's sing together.